Thank you for tuning in to Bibliotech Fully Charged, the nation's first all-digital public library podcast. And now, here's your host, Johnny. Hi guys, Johnny here coming at you with another podcast episode. For today's uh, podcast episode, it's very, very special as we have um, two Bibliotech's librarians, uh, Elena Angstrom and Romeo Rosales. Um, And so just to kind of start things off on a lighter note, um, just wanted to go ahead and ask them, uh, so what are y'all currently reading, guys? So thanks for having us, Johnny. I am super excited. I actually just checked this book out like minutes ago. I haven't even started reading it, but it's called The World That We Knew by Alice Hoffman. Alice Hoffman has written tons of books. Usually they have an element of magical realism, which is one of my favorite uh, genres. But this book is set during the Holocaust in 1941. A woman knows she has to send her 12-year-old daughter away to protect her from the Nazis. Um, But the little magical realism element there is that she enlists a woman to create a magical being to protect her daughter uh, as she gets sent away to Paris. So it's kind of historical fiction with that little bit of fantasy. So I'm pretty excited about that read. It sounds interesting. I'm glad I was able to purchase that. Um, So I'm currently reading Valiant Ambition. Uh, The subtitle is George Washington, Benedict Arnold, and the Fate of the American Revolution by Nathaniel Philbrick. Um, It's a pretty good book so far. I'm not too far into it. It's a pretty uh, lengthy book. But I just also wanted to talk about the last book I read, which was uh, Malcolm Gladwell's Talking to Strangers. It's his latest one. Um, I've been raving about it like crazy because it's, it's an excellent read. Everything he puts out is just awesome in my opinion um basically the premise of it is 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 you know how people need to better understand strangers and instead of making assumptions and just assuming very negative things about people it's best to get to know them um for a lot of different reasons and he, he highlights cases like sandra bland who, who was murdered by the Texas state trooper uh you know the brock turner case of course which chanel miller's new book uh, know my name is actually it came out uh tuesday and i purchased it today as well so for our listeners chanel miller's new book uh, know my name is out there uh, but yeah, if you get a chance, I highly recommend talking to strangers. Malcolm oh. Gladwell is amazing, and so awesome. is Nathaniel Philbrick. Philbrick, yeah. Just read In the Heart of the Sea oh, as right. well, which was um, the true story of the whale ship Essex. That actually, uh, a real whale hunted down a ship and sank it. And that's what Herman Melville based Moby Dick on. Fascinating. He's such a good writer. He is. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Uh, of, uh, I've. I've... I haven't read either of those authors, but I've heard a lot about Malcolm Gladwell. He's the guy that did Outliers, right? Correct, yeah. That's yeah. a story of success, and he has a very successful podcast known as Revisionist History. So if you're into that, um, I recommend it. He's, he's got some good stuff. Awesome. I'll have to add that to my book list. Uh, I've been wanting to read Outliers. And then what's the book you said? So it's called uh, Talking to Strangers, and the subtitle is What We Should Know About Those We Don't Know. Um, and for anybody who knows Gladwell, he, he does a lot of sociological books in terms of, uh, he's considered one of the top global thinkers for sociology. Um, just the way he thinks about things, micro histories that you would never even consider. Uh, he brings those subjects and topics to the light in a way that's just like mind blowing, at least in my opinion, so. Okay, cool. good to know. And so sadly, I'm, I've been so busy lately, I haven't, um, 
I'm not reading anything right now. I just checked my cloud library and it's empty, which is not oh, usual no. for me. Johnny. But um, <laughs> you know, I was I was uh, listening some to some YouTube uh, videos the other day, and uh, they were just talking about um, how Animal Farm and George Orwell books still hold up. And I'm just kind of thinking about rereading that one. Just you know, now that I have a little bit more knowledge of life, now that I'm an adult, just kind of want to go over how he portrays those personality archetypes. You know, and mm -hmm. I think I'll have uh, a better a better understanding of it than when I was in high school and I initially read it. Cool. So yeah, I think I'm gonna try to do that, and I, I may try to read some Malcolm Gladwell as well. Yeah, let me know what you think if you do. I, I, yeah, I yeah. really think you'll enjoy it. And Phil Brick, if you're into history, he writes some excellent books. So. Oh, definitely. I'm, a def I'm definitely a history buff. Awesome. Okay, so um, for the listeners, I, I just want to uh, let you all know uh, we're going to touch a lot of really, really um, uh, informational topics today. And so I kind of want to just, um, you know, ask uh, the librarians while we're here, you know, what was your, your path to becoming a librarian? That's a good question. You know, I... I can't say that I always wanted to be a librarian or that when I was little, when I grew up, I wanted to work in a library. I just knew that I loved libraries and I loved books. Um, so in college, I studied English literature, which of course lends itself to being a librarian. Um, but the real thing that got me interested in becoming a librarian was just the idea that the public library is one of the last free places for our society where you can go, can come in, anyone is welcome. You don't have to buy a coffee or spend money or do anything. It's completely free. Um, and it's also a place where people can go to become more self-sufficient, to better themselves, to learn literally anything. And that's what really intrigued me. And that's what um, kind of sparked my interest in going to graduate school and getting my master's degree to start working in library. Yeah, so my path, um, <clears throat> my mother was a, my mother's an avid reader, a voracious reader. My mother can read a book in a day, maybe 500 pages, she'll go through it. So she used to take my sisters and I to our local public library, uh, where, I'm, where, where we're from. And um, I always knew that being a library was, was a thing for me. That being said, I, I ended up going to get, uh, I got two degrees in history and I didn't know what I wanted to do with it. Um, so I got a part-time gig at the library I grew up at, you know, where I, where I would show up with my mom and my sisters. I got a part-time gig there as a reference assistant. And it was a, one of the first times I had really considered library science. Um, so I got into a graduate program, became a librarian, moved on up in the ranks and in a, awesome twist of fate. I ended up becoming the head librarian of that library that oh, I grew up nice. at. Um, so I, I was there for, for, I don't know, about six, seven years. Then I moved to San Antonio Public and now I'm here. So my journey's been kind of from South Texas, deep South Texas to a little bit further up in South Texas. But uh, like you mentioned, just always being around books. Uh, my mom taught me that and just, I knew it was a path for me. So that's mm -hmm. basically my journey. Yeah, I was lucky enough to be able to do my graduate program online, so it was a virtual program, but I was also able to work in the youth services department of a library in Michigan at the same time. That was key for me, and I'm sure you'll say the same thing, is actually getting that hands-on library experience working in public while you're going to grad school or um, 
even before that is absolutely vital to become a librarian. Yeah, I saw things from a different perspective because same with me, I was a reference assistant part-time and when I first started, I had been there for a year and you know, my, my view of libraries and that, you know, library service and, and you know, dealing with the community and helping those who are in need, um, it really became much more deep, you know, the thought once I started attending school and realizing that, like you mentioned earlier, public libraries are a place of refuge and solace for those who have no place to go. Sometimes it's as simple as us just being a cooling center or even a warm area during those winter uh, days. We, you know, a lot of us take that for granted. There's some people out there who don't really have the opportunity to have a, a nice, either a warm place or a fresh place during the summer. So um, that to me, I've always wanted to touch lives in a certain way and help people. So that, that was definitely, uh, you know, something I wanted to do moving forward. So yeah. Okay. Yeah, and, and you mentioned a place of refuge. Um, uh, I was a kid that was always at the library. Like I never did my homework at home. Um, so I'm just really glad that there, there are people like you um, because as a kid, uh, I don't know why I just didn't like being home, and uh, I would always do my homework at a library. And you know, librarians would always come up with this like little tidbit of information and spark like interest or recommend a book. And uh, come to think of it think of it like uh, I'm not sure why I didn't go for my uh, my library science degree because um, yeah, I really <laughs> like I'm really a big proponent proponent of, of uh, you know helping the community I love to read and then so now working at a library I'm like well maybe I can reconsider I was gonna go for grad school but maybe I should go for my uh, library science degree so um, yeah so if one is interested in becoming a librarian like what are the steps to take I would say, like we were saying earlier, get yourself into a library. Mm -hmm. Doesn't matter if it's a traditional one, a digital one, the closest library, go there. Um, talk to the people who are working there. If you can start maybe even volunteering at a library, yeah. helping out with programs or shelving books or anything, um, that's gonna be a great first step. It's just getting to know the library community where you're at. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I think it's important to, to befriend the librarians in your local library, whether it's here at Bibliotech or at another library, San Antonio Public, wherever it is, uh, or just wherever wherever listeners are at, anywhere in the country, in the world. Um, but I think volunteering is key. I say that because you might think that you want to work in a library, and I'm not here to, to bash libraries, of course not, I love libraries, but it's not always what people think at times. Um, they think it's a place where it's absolute silence or there's never anything you know, all you're doing is either shelving books if you're working at a book, uh, library with physical books or you're just behind a desk reading and that's definitely a common misconception. So I would highly recommend uh, volunteering. And then if you're curious about getting into a library program, you know, talk to librarians about that. Um, I went to Texas Women's University here in Denton, Texas, and uh, I'm actually a mentor uh, for all of Texas, basically, if anybody wants to reach out to me. Um, just so I can help guide people if they're interested in that. That's the path they want to take. I can help them get into that program. Um, I know Elena, we didn't go to the same school, but I don't know in terms of, I don't know if you actually tell people to go to the school you went to or what, yeah, but yeah. Yeah, I went to the University of Arizona. Okay. Um, located in Tucson because I have family there. So it was an easy connection for me to make. Um, I could go to the school if I needed to, um, even though I did my program mostly online, mm -hmm. but I loved, loved my program. And one of the important things about anyone thinking of going to library school is to check out your local library, talk to your librarians, 
and really open your mind to the possibilities because a lot of people have one idea of what a librarian does, but as you know, there's all types of librarianship, mm -hmm. museums, archives, public libraries, school libraries, there's even special collections special libraries. libraries. Mm -hmm. There's so much that you could do with this education. Yeah. So I would definitely say to start exploring. Definitely. Yeah, and just by me working here, I've kind of kind of see what you all do and there's like a lot of moving parts and like the culture is cha uh, changing uh, the marketplace is changing so mm -hmm. I know we're gonna get into that a little bit later but um, yeah um, so in y'all's opinion what's the absolute best part of being a librarian mm. well there's lots for me uh, of course I love curating information bringing books into people's lives, but probably my favorite thing is just having the opportunity to influence people in a positive way mm -hmm. every day. When you're working with the public, you get all kinds of people coming into the library who have a variety of questions, and it might be about a book, it might be directions for a place they're looking for in the city, be just where is the bathroom there there's no limit to what you might be asked in a public library and you can really change somebody's day by assisting them in a positive way and i just love having that opportunity no matter what someone is coming into the library for you can provide that service and maybe that person will leave with a smile yeah, I agree. Um, so for me, my, my job here at Bibliotech is a little more behind the scenes, um, you know, because I do collection management and, and uh, acquisitions. Um, but when I first started out in reference and when I was a reference librarian and supervisor, uh, the best thing for me is like, like you mentioned, just making up, you know, having that kind of effect in somebody's life uh, in a positive way. I, I don't know how many times when in the library that I grew up at where I ended up working, uh, I could be at a corner store. It was a smaller town in, in the Rio Grande Valley. Um, and people would come up to me, which is strange. I have a lot of tattoos all over me, so I'd be wearing like a cutoff shirt. And I don't know if people would recognize me, but you know, they would t pat me on the shoulder. It happened at an HEB one time. I remember at a Stripes convenience store, um, and they would just come up to me and say, "Hey, you're that librarian, right?" And I would say, "Yeah, that, that's me. What's up?" And they would multiple times. I was told like, "Hey, thank you so much. Like, I got that job you helped me apply for, yeah. or I was able to, to get to the school that you helped me, you know, send an application to." And I mean, those are moments you, they're irreplaceable because it reassures you that all your hard work and everything you've done within that community is like, it's for something, you know what I mean? So that, that to me is like the ultimate, like, wow, like it makes you uh, just feel super good. Not, not about because you need a pat on the back, but just because you actually help somebody in their life, you know what I mean? Yeah, and you're, you're being recognized as part of the community. Correct. A valuable part of the community. Yeah. And that feels really good. And since I'm the youth services librarian, I do a lot of programming with the kids and no fail every single time. One of the kids will ask me if we're, you know, doing a craft or making a project. I'll say, Miss Elena, who's this for? Why are you making this? Or does this cost money? Yeah. <laughs> every time, nope, it's completely free. It's free, yeah. <laughs> and we are making this project for you. You That's get to awesome. take it home. It's yours. And they look at me, what? <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. And it feels really good to be able to offer that to a lot of kids who may not get that kind of um, recreation at home. You know, mm -hmm. they may not have the resources to learn about those types of things. So 
That's awesome. So it sounds like y'all went it for the right reasons. That human fulfillment, that human interaction. I mean, mm -hmm. no salary can, can can match that, you know. And um, I, I get the same feeling when I help people out here, and then when people ask, "How much is this?" You know, it's free. You know, like. Uh, and you know, we always do a quote of the day here at Bibliotech. Um, and uh, there was one quote. I don't know from which author or what he was in the world, but he said. Um, something to the effect of um, the one thing you shouldn't steal from in in society is a public library like that's the one thing that no one should steal from because it's it's just it's everything's free anyway you know like yeah. uh, I have I'm doing the quote uh, in injustice but it was a really good quote and it, it touched me because uh, you know there are people that you know try to get away with things but you know one thing you know an institution like a library you shouldn't steal from you know, everything's free so uh, I don't know why I got to that subject but <laughs> you're right no, yeah. so just to touch on that real quick so if uh, imagine when I used to work at San Antonio Public we we circulated DVDs like crazy can you imagine just one person taking a DVD off the shelf stealing it and that's it you ruined it for every other patron mm -hmm. who wanted to watch that movie that I don't know how many times we go and say oh you know we have that DVD on our shelf and we pull it out and the case is empty there you go. You affected that person's life without even realizing it because you took something that was free from everybody else. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we work on budgets, you know, it's not always easy to be like, oh, don't worry, we'll replace it. You know what I mean? It's tax funded. So um, it's, it wasn't always as easy to, to just replace something. So, yeah, you, that's a very great quote. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you should never steal from the library. <laughs> yeah. So One yeah. of the perks of working in a digital library, too. Yeah, <laughs> one of the perks, correct. Yeah, you don't have to worry, yeah. about, have to worry about that. <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, one way we've kind of jumped uh, over that hurdle here at uh, Bibliotech. And that, that brings uh, a memory back because like, uh, um, uh, my mom was battling cancer for the last two years. And uh, so we didn't we cut on a lot of costs and we would, I would always get her her favorite like, um, you know, TV series at the library. And I remember there was this one season, I think it was True Blood. She loved True Blood. And uh, they had all the seasons except one. And I, I couldn't go. Uh, I couldn't find it at any library, and um, I don't know if anybody stole it, but I assume someone probably did they take probably it. They probably did. <laughs> yeah, and so that was the one like missing piece of that series that she she didn't see, and I was just like, Mom, I've I, you know I've tried every single library in the city; they don't have that yeah. True Blood season. Um, so yeah, you see, and that's unfortunate, you know, and and, uh, and I, of course I'm very sorry to hear about your mom. I hope she's doing better. Uh, I don't know her situation, but. You know, can you imagine somebody who's going through something like that? And you know, a little a little piece of heaven for them would, for your mom in this mm -hmm. case, would be just to watch that show. And then mm -hmm. somebody stole it, possibly, and then all of a sudden mm -hmm. that's it. Like it, it ruins it for a lot of other people. So yeah. Yeah, it's unfortunate, yeah. and, and it does happen. Uh, you know, because we are a free institution and we're uh, the last democracy, mm -hmm. the last openly democratic location. I like to say, um, and it's anybody can come in. So of course you invite everybody and mm. some people aren't as respective uh, of, of property and uh, of like the sharing processes of mm -hmm. it so yeah mm -hmm. i try to just remember that every time something negative like that happens there are hundreds of thousands of people who still are having a positive library experience that's even true. if we're not hearing about it directly yeah it's my little that's true going. I'm very, think about that yeah now. very good mindset yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, you have to think about the bigger picture. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, we ended up just finding a new series for her, yeah. you know. But, uh, you know, and I've, I've always been, like, uh, grateful for, for the library in that sense. Because you always do, I mean, libraries in general usually keep up with all the, you know, the newest shows. So yeah. we don't have to wait too long 
after it comes out mm -hmm. before uh, the DVD comes out or the digital version comes out. Johnny, do you mind me asking, uh, what was your, I know you said you, you looked at all the cities across the city, all the libraries across the city, but uh, do you, what was your home library for uh, here at Sapple? Uh, my home library. Was it Macrelis? It was Macrelis. I lived by Macrelis, okay. but uh, I went to school downtown. So, um, you know, after football practice or whatever practice I went through, uh, went to, I usually would just go to the downtown library. Okay. Yeah. Um, but library, yeah, yeah I, I really like the downtown library. I spent so much time there at their computer lab. Yeah. Um, and, but when I was like on weekends, if I had to go to the library, I would just walk to McCreelis. McCreelis, yeah, that's, yeah, I work yeah. there. It's a, it's a very homey branch, very, very uh, neighborhood inclusive and everything. Mm -hmm. Cause it was very unique. Cause it was, I used to say it was like the Mecca for that whole area because it was like a bus stop. You had the health and human services. You had the Macrinus market. You had the neighborhoods. One so, stop shop. One stop shop. And we we had it all like in terms of DVDs and movies. So yeah, CDs too. So yeah. So uh, yeah, it was mainly Macrinus. Uh, the downtown one when I was in high school. It's a little bit more independent uh, than I wouldn't go with my mom or dad. Uh, but uh, I also would go to the Pan Am one on Pi. Oh yeah, over here. I yeah. <laughs> yeah. Romeo's been everywhere. There you go. <laughs> Yeah, and so as an adult, um, I really like the Landa Library. Oh, I just the architecture. Yeah. Really, really uh, nice. And Beautiful then, grounds, yeah. And I used to go to the Cody Library as well. When I lived. So uh, wherever I move in the city, I kind of just go to that Find library. library. See, yeah. that, and that's important that you bring that up because um, obviously here in San Antonio, we have that benefit of like basically a few within a few miles, there's always another library, mm -hmm. whether it's Bibliotech or San Antonio Public. Um, so that's what I always try and tell people. If you move somewhere new, first thing to do, my dad always, my dad would always tell me this. My dad's somebody who doesn't even go to the library. He would say, find yourself a good mechanic, find yourself a good doctor, and find your closest library. He would I always tell that. me those three things. <laughs> um, and I was like, you know what? That's like legit good advice. And that's what I did. I found a mechanic, yeah. I found a good doctor, and right off the bat, I was like, okay, this is our home library. So uh, that's awesome that you, you know, you can, you had that opportunity to just, you know, find that nearest location, no matter where you were in the city. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then so uh, the way I got to Bibliotech is I saw, you know, a, uh, I saw something on the news uh, about it and I was like, man, that's such a great idea. Yeah. And at the time it was only the one here on the south side and I was living far on the north side. Um, but, you know, as luck would have it, I moved back to the south side and when I moved back, um, that's when I that's when I applied here and it's been great so far. And, awesome. uh, you know, Bibliotech kind of serves uh, it's it's a different type of library, and you know you can use it in conjunction with San Antonio Public Library. Like exactly. there's no need, Absolutely. you know, we offer some things that they don't offer, and we do things better, some things that are better than they do. So it's just you know, it's 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 beneficial to have both. Mm -hmm. Correct. Really, residents of San Antonio and Bear County are covered. Yeah, they're covered. <laughs> yeah, because we have bibliotech, all digital, yeah. so 24/7 access, and San Antonio Public has a branch. Everywhere, Everywhere yeah. The city, yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, the residents of Bear County and San Antonio are blessed. I Definitely, mean, it's actually probably information overload if there's ever, <laughs> if ever you can't really utilize everything uh, all the time. Yeah, but uh, I mean, the goal is there to to try to. Definitely. Um, so you know, with that, are there any myths about being a librarian? so many. <laughs> yeah, I've written pieces about common mm -hmm. misconceptions about librarians and librarianship, yeah. Every time I tell somebody what my job is. Really? <laughs> so you get to read all day? No, that's the one. If I had Do a... you shush people? Oh, oh my god. No, 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 none no, of that. No. <laughs> yeah, I would say the, the biggest misconception is that you get to read all day. And that it's a quiet, peaceful job. 
and we just sort of hang out at the desk yeah. and maybe one or two people will come and ask you a question. No, it's not like that at all. Unfortunately, there is no time to read, um, at least for me. No, there isn't at the desk uh, when, you know, obviously, like I mentioned earlier, like I'm more behind the scenes now, but even if I go out to the branches now or, or when I used to work at, at different locations, um, yeah, I never had time to just sit and read. And, and as it is, it's kind of, uh, not for all libraries, but some libraries, it's kind of frowned upon. And that's not such a bad thing. I say that because you don't want to neglect the patrons. You don't want them to approach you while your head's down. Uh, you want them to know you're receptive to their questions, their queries and stuff. So um, at times I would, I think it's necessary to just not read at the desk. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. Yeah. Essentially, being a librarian is public service. You're, yeah. you're curating a space for the general public. You have to be ready to go to answer any questions at any moment and be welcoming and you have to make time space. There's a lot of things going on, so there's really just no time to take up Yeah. My, my favorite uh, myth or common misconception is that every librarian is a, is a woman, mm -hmm. which it is, it, I will, yeah, it is a very, it is a female dominated profession, but I, I'm a man and I have a librarian, but not only that, it's, it's, it's either that the librarian is a typically an older woman mm -hmm. with glasses and has that old school fun. shushing, you know, fun <laughs> with a pencil Cardigan. in there, yep. or that the librarian now is some young, beautiful woman with glasses yeah. and like, you know what I mean? Like polar opposites. Yes, absolutely. It's very stereotyped. Very stereotyped. But then they see me and they're like, what? <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. Um, Y'all definitely break the mold. Uh, um, so, kind of segueing to something else, uh, more towards uh, what Bibliotech's doing. Um, so, what's what's coming up uh, in the future for programming here at uh, here at Bibliotech? Yeah. So, I wanted to talk real quick about. Uh, so, we have an event uh, coming up. It's a very special one. It's called Indie Author Day. Uh, we're going to have that event on October twelfth. Uh, it's going to be from 2 to 4 p.m. Uh, and within those two hours, we're going to have three authors in-house here at our Bibliotech South location on 3505 Pleasanton Road. Um, that being said, for our listeners who can't make it out to South and your home branches are East or West location, we will be streaming live the three authors at those locations. So if transportation is, is an issue, uh, fear not, you know, you can still go to your West or East location and watch the authors there. Um, we have a very well-known and very respected and, and award-winning author named Javier Garza coming in. Uh, he specializes in like Lucha Libre type books. Um, he'll be reading, he'll be doing story time to the kids. Then we have another author by the name of Janet Sutherland Madden. She'll be uh, coming in via Skype or Zoom, not sure which one yet, but She'll be, um, uh, it'll be moderated by our director, Laura Cole. And then we have another author. His name is uh, Ben. I believe his name is Amor, or it could be, I, I like to say Amor, because it's, <laughs> it's how it's spelled. Uh, so if I put your name, Mr. Amor, and you're listening, I apologize. Uh, but he'll be coming in and talk about his book as well. So if you guys get a chance, October 12th, uh, here uh, at the Bibliotech South location will be, the authors will be here in-house. They'll be selling their books if, if anybody's interested. Uh, as we mentioned, everything's free. But if you do have interest in purchasing a book, you're welcome to do that as well. Um, but yeah, that's what we have coming up that I wanted to talk about. So Indie Author Day, October 12th. If you have any questions, uh, y'all are welcome to ask any any staff member at a location. Uh, and then they can always forward you to me as well. That's, you know, you need more details. So. Awesome. So there's so much going on at Bibliotech, all three branches, all the time. Just visit our website, fairbibliotech.org. Click on events and you'll see there's just a variety of stuff going on. We have American Sign Language classes at East. We have virtual reality tech classes, story time, all kinds of fun stuff. 
Um, so just visit our website to learn more. The program that I'm most excited about is kind of a, a year-long venture, and that's our 92nd Newberry Film Festival. So what 92nd Newberry is, is it's a film contest for kids, kids of any age. Basically, we're asking them to read a Newberry book. It can be any Newberry book, award-winning or honor, ever since the beginning of Newberry. So they can choose whatever they like. They'll read the book, write a script for it, and create a 90-second version of that movie. They can submit it to our contest, and at the film festival, we will screen the top 20. Top 20. And that takes place at the Witty Museum. It's going to be February 15th. That's a Saturday in 2020. Um, the kids who participate get a medal. We have uh, snacks and a reception afterwards. It's really, really fun. And the contest is a great project for teachers in the area, school librarians, public libraries, or even just groups of friends who want to read a book and make a movie. Yeah. And it gets pretty hilarious. I mean, we've had musical versions of Tale of Desperot, Minecraft versions of The Giver. Um, I loved the, the Michael Bay action movie version of Charlotte's Web. Oh, wow. <laughs> that was a good one. That was year. a really good one. Yeah, that was... because, <laughs> And that's the, that's the thing to point out, like you're mentioning, too, to have their own twist and take on it. Mm -hmm. Like, be true to the story in 90 seconds, but don't be afraid to think outside the box and, and do something like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. A great tip is to read your book and just pull out the key parts of the plot, mm -hmm. the most important things that happen, and turn those into your 90-second movie. Um, and as far as it goes, there's really no limits on your creativity there. Yeah. You can animate it, you can act it out. You claymation. Can, you can do claymation, stop motion yeah, with stop the Legos. Motion Legos. Um, yeah, there's a variety of ways to film a movie. So it's a really, really fun creative project. I'm getting excited about 90 Second Newberry. I just wanted to, to mention real quick, I will be curating a 90 Second Newberry shelf mm -hmm. on our Cloud Library app. So for anybody who's interested and you don't know what a Newberry really is, what mm -hmm. book is an award-winning, first of all, I recommend you can just go to Google, type in uh, Newberry award-winning books, but I will be curating the shelf. I'll probably put, be putting it up either in October or November. Uh, so look forward to that. And there's, there's hundreds of books. So. Okay. Yeah, that sounds really fun. And I know, I know the, the children here really enjoy that. Uh, just a real nice creative outlet to uh, get them out of the house and, you know, getting those creative juices flowing. Mm -hmm. um, so, uh, Romy, do you, do you have like a favorite program? Yeah, like like all time or like that we're uh, currently doing here at uh, Bibliotech? Uh, <laughs> a favorite program here at Bibliotech. I, I will. Uh, I'm not saying it's just because we're recording here at the Bibliotech South location, but for me, it's chess. I know okay. one of our staff members, Ricardo, has a chess club going. I was really excited to see that he started that. Uh, I, I know I, I donated or I lent two of my chess boards uh, for the program. Um, I love chess. I'm, I play it online. I'm a ranked player in the world. I like to play. I'm pretty good at it. Um, it's just, I, and I'm self-taught. I don't. My parents didn't teach me how to play. I just kind of like you. You know, yeah. you, you said you watched YouTube videos earlier about uh, Animal Farm and. and yeah. I did the same thing with chess, just looking at opening moves, strategies, closing moves, and just self-taught. And so it's, it has a special place for me simply because of that. So it, for me, yeah, that, that's my favorite. Other than 92nd Newberry, I like how we all come together um, and the community comes together, the mayor comes out, the mm -hmm. county judge. Uh, but for real, it's as simple as chess for me. Like that's that's my thing, so yeah. Yeah, I was here yesterday. Yeah. Chess was happening. There you it go. was popular. Yeah. We had 
all the kids in there learning about it playing. It was really cool to see. Yeah, I mean, he hasn't had a, a bad day yet where like, it, it, the, the room is fully packed and they look really engaged and, you know, it's teaching them strategy. Um, I think a lot of the kids were kind of hesitant to play chess, but now they're regulars for that community chess and uh, it's really nice to see. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. So um, with that uh, being said, um, just in y'all's, in a nutshell for you all, you don't have to over explain or anything, but um, for someone that's uh, new to bibliotechs, so you say they're just walking in, um, in a nutshell, how would you describe like how they can fully utilize a digital library? Like, that's a really good question because we have so much. Mm -hmm. We do recognize that can be overwhelming. <laughs> we do, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, of course, I would say talk to Biblios, bibliotech staff. Everyone who works at a bibliotech branch is here for a reason. Yeah. They are ready to help you with any questions that you might have, and we are all experts in our resources. Um, so don't be afraid to come up and ask us any questions about bibliotech. Um, and Romeo and I were at every branch at least once a week. Mm -hmm. So we're here too if you have questions. Um, so fully utilizing a digital library. I would say, especially if you're using a device, a smartphone or an iPad or something, create a bibliotech folder. Yeah. Because we have so many different apps and they're all free and easy to use, but um, I know my phone is overloaded with apps, so it's really, really easy to find Cloud Library and Hoopla and RB Digital if I can just click on that library folder and it's all there. So that would be my, my first tip. Yeah, I know I agree completely. I, uh, same thing on my devices, I have a bibliotech folder. Um, so if you have favorite apps, we're currently offering eight apps right now that offer ebooks, audiobooks, magazines, newspapers. Um, create a folder and you don't have to have all eight. Maybe you're just into lynda.com um, and maybe Cloud Library, well, there you go. There's your bibliotech folder, quick access. And like you mentioned also, I know uh, not everybody has the privilege of either having a smartphone or a device, but the benefit of Bibliotech for all our listeners is that you can come into one of our branches, uh, you can get a card with us as long as you're a Bear County taxpayer, and you can mm -hmm. actually check out an awesome device, uh, Kindle e-reader, mm -hmm. which you can read books from, you can surf the web, you can read newspapers, magazines from. So for me, it's just come into a branch, talk to our staff, you know, ask them how you can best utilize our apps and decide what's best for you and create a folder on it and, and yeah. go from there. Yeah. Yeah. I love what you said, decide what's best for you. And there's exactly. ways that we can help you make it really easy. For example, if you are only going to listen to audiobooks mm -hmm. and you know that and you have a long commute, you don't really have time to sit down and read a book at home, set your filter to audiobooks only on yeah. Cloud Library. Mm -hmm. And so you will spend less time kind of sifting through and you'll have everything you need right there. So there's all kinds of little hacks like that that Great. can really help you take advantage of Bibliotech. Mm -hmm. That's really good advice. Yeah, I have a Bibliotech folder as well. And I'm one of those people that has my filter set to all audiobooks. So whenever I'm stuck in traffic, um, that's what I listen to. So yeah, and, and like you said, just come in and ask and we'll guide you in the right direction. So let's say you just like movies. Well, we have something just for movies, mm -hmm. Hoopla. We actually update that with pretty good movies. Um, you know, we even have databases if you need to do schoolwork. So all you got to do is ask and we'll point you in the right direction. And if not, we'll purchase the book for you if, if it's a, a specific book that yeah. you want. Awesome. So, um, 
what's what's coming up uh, in the future for Bibliotech and, and what's going on in the library world that you know our listeners you know would need to know about at this point? So, so I mean, there maybe maybe there's some future branches in the work. Um, I don't know. I don't want to get too specific. Um, we would love that. We would love that. Of course, we currently have three locations. Uh, we do have a satellite location, uh, Central Jury. Um, but what's coming up is, uh, you know, our, our public should know, our patrons should know that we do have uh, two pop-up libraries currently now uh, on the west side. Um, it's an initiative known as WALL-E, which is the Wash and Learn initiative. So basically, uh, we partnered up with Libraries Without Borders, with San Antonio Public, and some other organizations to provide two laundromats um, on the west side. I think one's on St. Cloud, and I forgot the location of the other one. Um, we're providing them with content. Um, you know, there's I think there's a tablet, two tablets, and a and a laptop at each laundromat, so that our you know patrons who go and wash clothes there and you know they they spend the day there because they're washing their clothes for their family and um, they don't have access or maybe even the transportation to get to our location. So we want to get to them. We want to be where they're at. Uh, and by doing that, being a presence, uh, I think it's very special to be in those communities that are you know where there's a necessity and that kind of thing. Um, but other than that, I you know I just think that. The future is bright for Bibliotech. Uh, we're, this is our sixth year. Um, we're continuing to grow, and I think our collections will grow. And, and just look forward to, to some possible new resources coming up. Uh, we'll be adding some more content to RB Digital coming up, just a heads up. So look forward to that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. That's one of the really intriguing things about Bibliotech and working for a digital library is that we can take our resources and our programs even to you. Correct. So we're doing story time at the hospital, we're going to the laundromat, we visit schools all the time, do fun events with the kids all over San Antonio. So there's really no limits for us and what we can do for uh, our community. Very true, that's a good point. Awesome, that's a really innovative idea uh, to uh, put our resources in at a laundromat. Uh, I know I, I, um, I do my laundry at a laundromat. I actually prefer going to a laundromat than doing it at home just because it gets me out of the house um, and you know I do all my laundry in one swoop but I, I definitely listen to our audiobooks while uh, while at the laundromat but I think it's just a good like uh, I guess pairing yeah uh, to you know for people that don't know they're there at the at the laundromat and they can just you know read a book or you know, multitask you know no you're right I, as a real quick to point out when I grew up uh, you know my family grew up very very humble we used to go to laundromats ourselves out of necessity and, and what I would have done to have a library in there you know there was a small little TV in the corner and I was watching soap operas you know with my mom mm -hmm. and my sisters and I had nothing to do like mm -hmm. you know other than to get in trouble and, and you know mm -hmm. so us providing that presence for at, the, at least at those two locations for now it could be other locations in the future I just think that's awesome for people to look forward to something like that so yeah that's great Okay, well, so it's been a great podcast. We've touched on so many great subjects. I feel like I can talk to you all forever. <laughs> uh, but, you know, um, we probably will have another uh, podcast with a librarian. So um, listeners, uh, be on the lookout on Spotify, um, Apple Podcasts, and uh, Google Play. And so thank you all for, for joining us. Thank you, Johnny. Thank you, Johnny. Thank you for listening to Bibliotech Fully Charged. This episode, along with others, can be found on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play. If you haven't already done so, please sign up for a library card by coming into one of our three locations or by going to our website, bearbibliotech.org. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at bibliotech underscore south for up-to-date library and podcast information. And as always, we ask, what are you reading? <laughs>